I just wanted to point out a couple of things about the worship. As you know, I've, I've led worship here for a long time, presently not, uh, but it's really sort of still something that's dear to my heart. But I, you know, at one point, um, we were really just, did y'all feel us just really going up during that spontaneous time? It was like, wow, we just kept going up. And I actually motioned to Jacob at one time, let's just keep going. And I just wanted to explain that because not everybody often knows what's actually happened in worship here. Um, you know, some do, some don't. But when we hit those moments, we really like to keep riding that wave. Because, you know, when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was rent from top to bottom so that we could go straight into the holy of holy places. You know, no longer do we have to stand out in the outer court or even the middle court to approach God. We can go straight in to the holy place. And when we're feeling those moments, that's really like, hey, we're in there. Let's let's just stay there a minute. Let's, there's nowhere we have to rush home or anything. There's nowhere to rush to the next song or we just want to keep going. And I just felt that really this morning. And then when we hit that next song that was, you know, you're worthy of it all, I just thought, wow, it was just like, you know, we were already in and then, you know, this is one thing um, when I teach on worship that I encourage. I taught on this at Venture School that when we're in an atmosphere of corporate worship, everybody is part of the deal. Our focus is really not on the worship team. And I really want to encourage you to not allow yourself to just be focused on what they are doing because what is happening in the congregation is as important as what they are doing. And the reason why is because when we got to that part night and day, let the incense arise. That's really what's happening in worship in heaven. And we're praying for the kingdom of heaven to come to earth. So we want that in our worship just as much. And so what's happening in heaven is antiphonal worship. You have the 24 elders around the throne. You have the angels. And, you know, you have all the, you see there myriads of people around the throne. And really, one says, holy, holy, holy. Then the other begins to say, holy, holy, holy. That's what's going on night and day around the throne. And so when we join in that moment, I want you to know that you are vitally important to the atmosphere of this room so we can encounter heaven in our worship i want you to go after it with all your heart it's really important because we are releasing heaven and when we release heaven so many things can happen when the atmosphere of heaven is in the room so i wanted to get that out while it was in me Whew. wow yeah <laughs> yeah so it was yeah so we really don't understand you know the other thing really about the anointing, when the anointing's hitting the room, Byron has shared on that so much that, you know, I know we're not like every other church. I really know that. Somebody told me in the morning that they were going to normal church today somewhere. And I thought, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm so grateful for every expression in the earth. I really say that with all my heart. We were at the Cove yesterday um, um, in memory of the Loeb's mother, who was an awesome lady. And I was so thankful for the body of Christ. Everything that the body of Christ does everywhere is so key. Um, you know, just really, really thankful. So, but just, you know, we, we value the Holy Spirit so much here and try to really follow that wild goose as best as we can. 
And sometimes we don't get to where we want to go, but today, whoo, that was good, wasn't it? It's really, really thankful. And we're okay. You know, every day, every week's, uh, it's okay. We don't sweat it. I really want to say that too. If you come in and some days you're not feeling it, that's just the way church is. It's just the way it is. Just don't sweat it. Some days we hit these places, some days we don't, but we're always grateful to come together and worship him and honor his name. So amen. So that's really good. So, wow. Yeah, no pressure there on anybody. So, so I'm, I've been sharing on this subject now since last spring, and I still had some more goods to get out of this message uh, that I started on talking about our journey for the last few years of where we've been and what the Lord has been teaching us and declaring to us as a body of Christ. If you're new this morning, River Life has been through probably one of the most intense trying times of its history. Uh, when Byron and I came to this church, it was in a tough place. It was really about to uh, shut the doors. And the Lord miraculously revived this church. Uh, there was a group of people that were already here that were really holding the door for God. They knew there was a vision for this place. And we see what God has done today. The last few years have been hard again. We've lost a lot of people. We've had tragedy everywhere and um but i am really grateful for what the lord has done in us and i feel like the lord's been speaking to me about you know when you're in the middle of a storm you cannot see what god's doing i will tell you that you might as well not try to figure it out you might as well just be still know that he's god because there's really no way of figuring it out in the storm um you know it's just the way it is so you just need to wait till you get on the other side and then he's going to start talking to you there Okay, and that's the way it's been for me. I've had to wait to get somewhat on the other side for him to talk to me. And um, and it's been so good. I feel like I'm forever changed through so many of the things we've been through. And I believe this church has been changed. And um, I, I'm going to go back and revisit a couple of things that I've already shared because I feel like there are people that are here. But there was one final thing I wanted to get to that I've not been able to share with you yet that I felt like is really key to why we've been where we, not really why, I can't even, I'm going to say outcomes, okay, because I don't know that we'll ever figure out whys, I don't even like to use that word, Byron won't let me anyway, he doesn't like it, we argue over that, so, but, um, but <laughs> there was a final uh, piece of thing that I really wanted to say to you guys, but I wanted to back up and go over again, so um, at the women's retreat this year, I'd um, had a dream before the women's retreat, and I felt like I knew that the Lord was really um, speaking to me about direction for what to share on at that retreat. And basically, I had a dream where I was looking out the, the windows of our church, and I saw a woman raking up leaves. It was the fall of the year. Our retreat was in the fall, women's retreat. And um, she was raking them up, and I proceeded to go out there to find out who she was so that I could pay her because... That's what Heather and I do. We pay bills around here. I guess that's. But what happened was, is I looked at her and I said, what's your name? And she said, Catherine Scott. And I said, the Catherine Scott? She said, yeah, Catherine Scott. And I was, you know, and, I, and then she just looked at me and said this. She said, you know, the song, these songs we write really have the ability to affect a person's life. It's more effective than anything else we do. And so that was my dream. 
And there was an interesting part of the dream, though, that I did was a key thing. I noticed that she had left a streak of leaves in the yard that she had not raked up. It was just a little side thing. And so what happened was is I woke up from the dream, and I, I knew it was a visitation from the Lord. Catherine Scott is actually a pretty famous vineyard worship leader. And years ago, I used to do, we used to do her music like, Hungry, I come to you, for I know you satisfied. Y'all know that one? That's old. She's done a lot. And But the truth of the matter is why I knew this was the Lord is because I she was so off my radar screen. I've not been doing vineyard music for years, not in vineyards, not even in my thoughts. And when I looked her up on the Internet, she was exactly the person in the dream. I didn't even know what she looked like. I looked her up on the Internet because I knew the Lord was speaking. Well, here's what it was. She had her latest album was called We Still Believe. And so I knew I went and listened through all the songs and the whole album, to be quite frank, was about going through very dark times and still believing, still standing, still going and believing in the goodness of God. It's, it was really quite amazing, really quite amazing. Um, and so I knew that the Lord had me to get at the women's retreat to rake up leaves. It was time to rake up the leaves. We needed to say, see and hear what God had been doing in our midst after all that we have been going through. And um, so I'm going to go over quick a list of some of the things I shared at the women's retreat. But then I want to share with you a final thing that I really didn't really get to. And I've been wanting to share it with all of you. So this is it. So one of the things that we have decided around here through our stuff that we such heartbreak, such... Um, difficulties is this is this you can't form a theology around your own experience okay we just can't do that because we have to either believe that what the word says is true and stand on it no matter what our experience is telling us we just have to keep going there the other thing is this um, that I felt like is we are short in this one thing no matter what's happening is this is that all things work together for our good. Somehow in the scheme of God's plans and earth, that he can take whatever happens, we don't, not going down this road, did he cause it, blah, blah, you know, all that. The sovereignty issue, that, that all plays in, but I'm not dealing that with that this morning. But this is the things we can know and stand on, is that we are assured that all things work together for our good, no matter what, period. Somehow. If it's not where it's going to work out for our good. And what I shared at the women's retreat is that even if it's going to work out on the other side, because I believe people's destinies do not get cut short just because they go to heaven early, because heaven wouldn't be heaven if it wasn't a perfect thing. Do you see what I'm saying? So I really believe that. And we had an amazing thing to happen around that, but I'm not going to share. But the other thing that has really, for me, has trumped all revelations for me in this season, when all that we're walking through, all of our difficulties is this, is God is with us. It's powerful. It's just a powerful because when you're in the middle of storms, a lot of, the st- a lot of the things that we go after and contend for, healing and victory and breakthrough and all those things, somehow feel so distant and so far away from you in the midst of your trials. 
They really do. It's like you can't get a hold of that. But the one thing we can get a hold of is God is with us. He said he would never leave us nor forsake us. And that's an anchor that holds for us. It holds for us. So, um, and the other thing that I really felt like um, that I this year is Arthur Burt, a spiritual father for us, said this to us. He said that the best is ahead. Okay? The best in God is ahead for the people of God. He's 101 years old. He's been preaching the gospel for 80 years around the world. He's an amazing man of God, Karen, amazing church father. He still comes to us, came when he was 100. And one thing that I'm really carrying in my heart right now that he has said is the best and the highest in God is ahead for the people of God. And this is what he's saying. And in the purposes of God, he will only allow that. So we can be assured no matter what we're going through that the best and the highest and all the purposes of God are ahead for us. And that, you know, I've shared this with you before, that that was real revelation for me, that we can be assured that everything that is written in the Bible will come to pass. Because just in the cross, in the death and burial of, of Jesus, do you know how many prophetic words were fulfilled? They were just almost impossible to fulfill that many prophetic words. And just like that's fulfilled, they're all going to get fulfilled. All those promises in there for the people of God, the best is ahead. And God will only allow that. But here's the problem. Sometimes the best for us means going through some stuff. Unfortunately. And it's just... You know, I know for for Byron and I back, um, you know, we had a really big trial back in our very early days in the Lord. You know, my faith was really rocked. I had to make a decision back then. It was just a big trial. And, you know, when I hit that place and I I had to get to the other side and see how I was going to behave with God, was I going to get mad or disappointed and run or is I going to remain fixed on him? You know, we got through that, but I tell you that trial served me for the rest of my life. Because now when we get, when I get in a trial, I go back to waiting on the Lord, you know, knowing that he's got a plan that I can't see in the midst of this. But when I get on the other side, we're going to know what, he, we're going to understand. We're going to see the greater works that God has done in and through us. And through that, I'm not saying he causes them. I'm just saying there is a good outcome that comes out of every trial we go through. And, you know, there's a saying out there that says, don't waste your trial. Don't waste it. Just don't waste it. Get what God's trying to get in us. We, we just, and as a body, I believe there's corporate things God has been trying to get to us in this body. He's, it's not, and he's, he's used every bit of our pain and suffering to do it. And I believe that there has been a great work done here, a great, great, great work. And, um, <clears throat> you know, the trying of our faith is more precious than gold. First Peter 1 Peter 1.7 says that. You don't have to put that up. I'm going to kind of move through here. I might. We'll just see what we do back there, Joseph. <laughs> so, um, you know, the trying of our faith is more precious than gold. Okay, it, it is. We don't really like to hear that, but 
we're going to be tried in our faith. I don't, I just think there's just no way around it. Every day we get tried in our faith. But First Peter 1, 7, 7 says it's so that the genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may result. Here's results. This is what I'm talking about, results. Can y'all say results of our trials and our sufferings? It's the, here's the result. It results in praise and glory in the revelation of Jesus Christ. Is that, you know, it produces endurance. And, you know, endurance is a major theme of New Testament scripture. And so what's happening is we have something being produced in us when we are get, when we're in the midst of these days of great trial. There is actually a fire burning in us that is, it's the, our faith is being tested. There's some, it's, it's, it's producing genuineness in our faith. And it's producing endurance in our faith. Because much is said about enduring till what? The end. You see, in the book of Revelation, enduring to the end. So that's very key of looking back and saying, oh, I'm getting this. This is the way this works. And so if, uh, James 1, 3 says this, for you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. We, you know, let's just face it. We've been on a growth curve, man. We, we just on this, that's where we are. It's like we, you know, those graphs, you just, you're here and you look at a year. Well, hey, this is the way it went. It may have felt like we were doing this. And at times it really did feel that way. But I believe in the spirit realm. That's what that graph looks like. Amen. Really believe that. Wow. Wow, that's good. Mm. Wow. Mm. It's so good, you know. You know, one thing that's happened for me personally is in a weird way with all the adverse things going on, our roof collapse and people dying, people sick, you know, just, you know, all the stuff that we, that people go through really, honestly, let's get honest, people go through this stuff all the time. You know, we're just in a community where there's been a lot of it. But here's the thing that has happened. It's, it's really crazy what happened for me. My faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, my roots started going deeper. I started feeling like, wait a minute. That trying of my faith made me just realize that he's the only answer for the world today. There is not another answer. And my belief in the word of God and in who he says he is is stronger than ever, ever. And this evangelism thing started coming up where I'm thinking, wow, it's time to let people know because we really believe this stuff. We really believe what we're saying is true. We believe what we're saying. This is no longer just a theology just built on just studying the Bible. And this is you know it's like it's in you there's a fire burning because you know this is true it's in you it's time to tell the world he's the only way jesus is the only way the truth and the life there is no other way to the father but through him it's the only way wow so i'm just saying to you guys don't be discouraged when you're going through stuff guys 
just be still and know that he's God. We've had some people to get disappointed here. And I understand it. It looked like, boy, the Lord's turned against those people over there. There's something wrong. You know? <laughs> I'm serious. We've had people to ask you, did people leave? Yeah, they did. We had some people to leave. But we had a lot of people to stay that really just stood strong with us. We've had new people to come that are really hungry for God. They're just hungry. And, and I'm just, you know, I'm just saying when we're looking back and we're in the midst of things, we can start gaining this heavenly perspective. There is an eternal thing being wrought in the people of God in the midst of adversity that we cannot get any other way. I realized that when, you know, when we lost uh, our twin daughter, I knew somehow the Lord was speaking to me. Somehow I just knew that there was somehow in this trial something God was going to work in me that I was I, what, probably not going to get another way. And at that time, I'd never lost a single soul in my life. Never had anything adverse to happen. But there I was holding a dead baby. Trying to plant a church. Had moved, trying to plant a church. And it was failing. We were losing. Lost, lost, lost. And one of those seasons. Byron wrecked Donna Culler's car on the way to a job interview. Almost totaled it because we didn't have a job. So you're talking about rough times, but what I'm saying to you is what I learned in that moment is this. Everything that's being wrought in us, that's the word I felt. This, there's things being wrought in our spirit, man, and it's the only thing we're taking to the other side or is our faith. Our faith is going to go that gold that comes. It's what goes with us. Nothing else will. Nothing's going with us. Her loved ones will be there, though. Hannah. Star's there. She's, whew, yeah, she's having a good time. <laughs> All our loved ones that went. You know, that's the thing about it. Do you know the Bible says when people, when a believer dies, they don't die? That's what Jesus told Martha. They just moved. They moved. That's really what happened. And it's hard for us to be separated, but the truth of the matter is, is when we get there, this little separation we've had is going to seem like that. Like this, you know, tiny little time of separation. We, it won't end. That's really what's going to happen. So praise the Lord. Woo, your endurance has time to grow. It's great. You know, the other thing that, <laughs> the other thing, the other thing, that I really have felt that the Lord is really teaching us more, taking us into deeper realms of grace. And this is one of my favorite scriptures that has really carried me as 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9. And to keep me from being puffed up and too much elated by the exceeding greatness of these revelations, Paul, he had these major revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan to buffet and harass me, to keep me, listen to this, from being excessively exalted. Three times I called upon the Lord. I begged that it might depart from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. 
my strength and power are made perfect, show themselves most effective in your weakness. Therefore, all the more gladly glory in my weakness and infirmities that the strength and power of Christ may rest upon me. So, you know, when you're just utterly weak and down, you have nowhere to go, you know what? It is the best place there is. As a believer, I will be honest with you. I'm getting ready to teach on grace at the Adventure School, which is my favorite subject because it's the key to the Christian life. It's the key to everything in the Christian life. And here is the big key about it is this verse is weakness is the key to victory. Because weakness deals with our self-effort, self-effort in the spiritual world gets us nowhere. In fact, it pushes us back. So weakness is good because then we can totally depend upon the grace of God, which is unmerited favor and power. It's nothing about me. And it's the power. If it's not about me, then who's it about God? He's going to work his way in and through me. So it's just exciting to know that we can always go there no matter what state we're in. Is go to the grace of God. Go with weakness. You know, he's worked more of that in us. He has definitely worked more of that in us. He's breaking that dependence upon self. Just breaking it. Second Corinthians 1 9. Indeed, we felt within ourselves that we had received the very sentence of death, but this was to keep us from trusting in and depending upon ourselves instead of God who raises the dead. It's God that raises the dead. I'm going to just say this to you. You know, the one key we have to be careful about in going off on the healings and raising the dead is we always have to know that it's about grace. It starts with grace. It really does. Because, you know, the faith arises in that because you know it's not up to you. So faith arises because you know it's God. So you see that? So amen. So, whoo. So thank you, Lord. So... I'm going to just give, I want to go on because there's one thing I want to get to for our end is this. Um, <clears throat> one thing that I felt was really key was establishing a testimony for the next generation. Because our kids have sat and watched all of us grow through these great trials. Okay, they've watched us. They've been with us. And this is what Psalm 78 says i love it verse five for he established a testimony in jacob and appointed a law in israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children and that's something it goes on later it says the children of ephraim being armed and carrying bows turned back in the day of battle and I really believe that we, I, I'm not, this is like, I'm just so thankful because this has all been by the grace of God that we've had our children to watch all that we've gone through, that we didn't turn back in the day of battle. We kept going, kept going. And I believe this now there is a testimony established in Jacob. 
There's a testimony for the next generation that has now been established. And I have believed this for many years. Parents, it's really important that you give God your all. Your all. Because your children's well-being depends on it. That is biblical. That is biblical. When you go after God with your whole heart and you serve him, guess who reaps the benefits? Your children. And I've watched it over and over. People backslide, fall away, and guess who got the results of that? Their children. So I just want to encourage you. Woo! Just keep going. Doesn't matter what our experience is telling us. Just doesn't matter. We have a foundation that we can stand on it. It's the word of God. It's Jesus Christ slain, slain for us. And that blood speaks a better word always in every circumstance and situation. Amen. Amen. And the, the one other thing was, um, and then I'm, I got a final thing I want to say to you. This is next to the last. I've been, I'm feeling like, you know, that word endurance, producing endurance. Actually, that word is patience. That's really what that is, is waiting. Waiting. Do you know that in Scripture, the same word for waiting and hoping are the same. So, yeah, they're the same. Jim tried to interpret it for me in Spanish. I was trying to explain this to them. And um, it's the same word. He couldn't. He looked at me and said, it's the same word in Spanish. So I feel like there's really, you know, this has gone deep into me because I have seen people fall out and drift from the Lord. And it doesn't even have to be the trials that are doing it. It's just life and distractions and things of the world enticing us. But the patience thing on God is key for us. Because, that you know, patience is a faith word. It's by faith and patience we inherit the promises. That's what Hebrews says. It's by faith and patience And did you know this, that mountains are moved little by little, often. We want to speak to the mountain and watch it just move. That's how we are. But I'm going to tell you, most of the mountains in my life have moved little by little. Little by little, I just keep speaking to that mountain, and little by little. And then one day I realize that mountain that used to be there is standing over there now. And I thought, wow, how did that happen? It was little by little. I kept speaking to them. It's patience, waiting on the Lord, waiting for him to do it the way. I want to give you this great testimony. I thought about it was this was, you know, when the roof collapsed, we had raised 80 to $90,000 out of you guys to remodel this room. Okay, six weeks later. The roof collapsed. They almost condemned the building. River life at the point, at that point, financially is one of, one of the worst states it had been in since our existence here. We were having to cut cost everywhere. 
And you talking about a moment. I had no idea. These guys started coming in and fixing. We had no idea how we were going to pay them. We were not going to ask you again. We just said, Lord, this is your church. If it's time to give it back, we're going to give it back. But we're, we just cannot go back. We had you praying about finances, but we were not asking. So this is, I just want to give you a couple things that happened because I don't think everybody knows this, okay? So these, we had a, we had miracle after miracle. We had a team of people that came in that knew what they were doing, that was able, that were available, that could fix the building. That was the first thing. Well, the first things that our building didn't get condemned because it was about ready to be. So it didn't get condemned. This team of guys that David Rummage had, thank you, David. David's very, he was, you know, he was the overseer of the cove, so he knew stuff that we just didn't know. And so everything was in place, but we didn't know how we were going to pay him. The scaffolding to hold the roof up was costing us every single day. We had no way, because if we paid him what was in the, in our general funds, we would have been busted. So we had no way to pay. So it was just really wild. So it came time, the first $16,000 was due to pay these guys. We had no idea where it was coming from. One day, somebody came to me and said, I've got $16,000 I want the church to have. Just It was out of a conversation that just came out of nowhere. It was amazing. So we were able to pay them. And so then the second time, second amount comes, another $16,000, $17,000 was due. Again, no money to pay them. I just thought, Lord, that was really awesome the way you worked that out. I could see the way you worked that one out, and I could sort of see that one, but I have no idea how you're going to work this one out. So it was due. We knew that we knew we were going to get the phone call. We got, we got the bill for this amount of work, and I just happened to one day on Friday come up to the office. I'm usually not here. Someone walks in the building and says, can I have a tithe envelope? And I, I didn't know the people. I'd never laid eyes on them. Okay. <laughs> I said, I, I gave it to them. And then they went somewhere, came back, laid it on the, the desk in there, went back to their car. And I went in there and I opened it up. It was $16,000. Was that not amazing? So, you know, the Lord, that's a mountain that moved little by little. It is, and and we've gotten it all. You know, we didn't get it all. You know, we had to end up doing some refinancing to get it all covered, but praise God, it's covered, right? Thank you, Lord. So I just really wanted to say that to you. Thank you, Jesus. So so I wanted to give you the last thing um, that I was in a dream right before the women's retreat. I had a dream where... I believe it was an angel handed me a, a stone. It was, and I knew when I looked at it, it was white. And when I woke up, I knew it was a purity stone. <clears throat> and I knew what the Lord was saying to me. He was saying that the trying of your faith is more precious than gold. And that all that we had gone through, that the Lord was now handing this body a purity stone. Because we had gotten through without rejecting him and denying him, and it kept going. And I felt like the final thing, 
that the Lord was saying to me about that was this verse this morning. The Lord spoke to me about it. Was Second Corinthians eleven two. For I feel, this is Paul again, I feel a divine jealousy for you since I have betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. And so what I really felt like the Lord is saying to us, he's looking for a bride, a faithful bride. It's really all he's after. It's really what his heart's been from the beginning was for us. We're betrothed to him. One day we'll see it with our own eyes, that, that, that final betrothal when at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're going to be his wife. Think about that. But you don't get to be a wife when you're engaged. Faithfulness, and you know, in like Latin cultures, it's like being married, Right? When you get that ring on your hand, basically you're saying, this is it. There's no backing out. We're already, it's really like being married. And I believe that's what Paul was saying, that I have a jealousy. And I, I just have really felt that what the Lord was saying is ultimately when our faith is being tried, that the final outcome is are we going to still love him? Are we going to still be devoted to him? Are we still going to have intimacy with him? Are we still going to consider that he is the life and the love of our life? Because really that's what he's after, guys. He's not after our works. He's not after the, He's not really after us just going to the nations. He wants us to go to the nations as love addicts. If we just go to the nations and give them our theology, what are we really doing? Are we giving them life? No, he's wanting that pure chaste bride that has dove's eyes, you know, like the Song of Solomon. You know, that's a journey there, Song of Solomon is. It's, it's a journey of bridal love. It's her first, she's awakened to love. And she, she just sees this love and Solomon's after her to be one of many. Do y'all hear that? The world will take us in, but we'll be one of many. But when we're his, we're just his. Somehow he's able to do that. I don't understand God. But when we're his, we're just his. He has just eyes for us. And how he does that with the whole earth, ah, he's God. He's just God. So, but I, you know, I just really feel that, that it's like we have been offered the most precious, wonderful thing in God that is beyond our wildest dreams, that we can be in a love relationship. We'll be his bride. We are in commitment. We are in intimacy. He's our friend. He's our lover. He's everything. Our time with him is precious to him. And I just really believe ultimately that's this, these qualifying rounds that this body has been through, that's what he's saying to us. I'm handing you. This white stone. I see you, bride. I see the moment she wanted to turn, but you have stayed faithful out of my love for you and your love for me. 
And, you know, when Charlie Loanne wrote that letter to the church after um, their son-in-law died last December, it, it hit me so hard because they were basically saying this to the church, that this has been hard to lose our son-in-law when our daughter's pregnant with their third child. Okay? But they said we were going to fight this fight of faith. And we're going to do it all for love. It's a song. It's really what it is. I'm going to fight this fight of faith, and I'm going to do it all for love. And, you know, there is a stone. There, you know, in there are these, uh, I don't really understand this, so I wish I'd studied it more before I got here today. But, you know, there are these, there's in the book of Revelation, and there's these, this purity stone. And on it was written a new name. What? And only he knows what's written on it. And I think it's different for every one of us. But I think there is a name for this church, too. It's a stone for this church. And um, and I just want to encourage you with that. Just renew your love life with Jesus. Just any way you've drifted. Just go back to the to the prayer closet. Go back to your love life with him. Because it's really at the end of the end of it's what he's looking for, you know, the first love. It's just really what's important to him, and I just want to encourage you with that this morning. That I feel, you know, that we're in a good place, and I'm happy about it. And I, you know, one thing that happens, you know, Jacob in the Old Testament wrestled with God, and he was left with a limp. And he did his name change during that time. His name changed. Became Israel. So I believe Catherine Scott's song, We Still Believe, Though the Journey Has Been Hard, We Will Confess That You Are God. Through the fire, through the pain, we offer you our yes again. We offer you our yes again, God. Yes, you are a one true love, God. We never want to leave you, Lord. We always want to be with you, God. Lord, because we know that you are everything. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. There's no other way to the Father. He's the avenue. And... um I feel like this. He also gave me a dream before the women's retreat. I was getting these things, and I shared this a little bit, but and I'm, I'm done, I promise. Um, <laughs> I had a dream that I saw a parade going on in some city, but what was strange is everything was in black and white. And it, was, it looked like politicians or something. They were all in the back of their cars. You know how people ride and wave. And they were all black and white, okay? But then there came this one card that was all pink and purple and bright, and there was a woman in it. And blasting out of her car was, I can show you the world, a whole new world. I don't know all of it. I actually got some girls at the women's retreat to sing it. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Da 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 magic carpet ride a whole new world 
Sing it. So, in the video on YouTube, I went and looked it up. But I want to tell you this first. That was my dream, and I heard a voice say to me, she always wins on that song. (laughs) She always wins on that song. And I love the video because I prepared this message. Didn't get, I, I still haven't gotten through the whole message. That's the way my messages go. But... In the message, um, and in the video, it opens up with Aladdin reaching his hand out to the princess. And he's, she's, he's reaching for her hand, and he says, do you trust me? And she takes his hand, and she gets on that carpet ride. And see, that is seeing from heaven's perspective. He took her all over the stars Riding on that magic carpet ride because he, there's a whole new perspective on all of this stuff in God. And the bride is learning to say, I trust you. She's learning to say it. So, Joseph, did you get it or no? Jonathan, sorry, you don't have it. Okay, that's good. I, I know, maybe he's a Joseph in the spirit. Amen. So let's just stand up. I'm sorry, it's Jonathan. Has a Joseph anointing on his life. Amen. For business. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, y'all just reach your hand back there and bless that, really. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, anoint that. We need that anointing. So, amen. So, let's get ministry team people up. So, if you're feeling that bridal call this morning, a renewal of intimacy, you feel like you want to go, you're, you're, just, you're just feeling that tug. I want you to come up and get prayer. That's, I feel like the Lord's doing that this morning. And um, it's good. She says at one point in the Song of Solomon, I sat under the apple tree, and he tasted so good to me. So he's good. He tastes so good. Intimacy and the, being the bride is the best thing ever. It's the best thing ever. Best thing ever. That's, if all the things we're going to go after in life, let's go after that. Being a lover, being a devoted lover of God. So we just bless you if you need prayer for the sick. We want you to come up, get healing, be healed in the name of Jesus. If your heart needs to be healed, come up, get prayer. We felt like this morning in the prayer room, restoration was in the room this morning. So we're just saying restoration. Just let it go. Restoration in this room. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen.